What is up? We are back with the text lab. Man, I'm excited today. I get to make eye contact with you. We're, we're positioned a little bit differently than with the cameras, which Jake, is kind of nice. I just get to stare into your eyes during this podcast. <laughs> it's a very intimate room. moment room. here in the green room. Yeah, super great. Recording the pod. Especially after a long week of base camp. Man, we just need some soul care time. Base here. camp. Yeah, seriously. Bro. Base <laughs> camp has been a fire. Day three in yeah. the books. Yeah, It's man. been a party. It's been so fun and so honestly, so previously on the on the text that we talked about Hume and mm. and then I have been comparing Basecamp to Hume and let me say, let me say this for everyone listening, <laughs> Hume is not my jam, but Basecamp, man, I'm here for hey, it. These we got kids, a great team. The kids are still team. cute. Huh. The team is actually like just phenomenal. Yes. The running, well, running. We'll have to have the kids team on here and interview how they feel about Basecamp. No, they have been doing incredible. Yeah. It's been awesome. They're going to cool need stuff like happening all week. a week of rest, a yes. month of rest. Yes. Because what's interesting about Basecamp is how much prep it took. I was talking to Jen about it with Allison and Carmen. They're like, yeah, we've been planning since December. I'm like, oh my gosh. You can tell though by just how smooth everything's going. Seriously. They're just doing an incredible job. Yeah. I haven't been a part of something like this that's so like dialed. Yes. And it's it's impressive. It's impressive. It's really fun. Very impressive. Well, cool. I mean, as much as I would love to just keep talking about Basecamp, we have the text to dive into today, and we have something special today. We're going to be talking about Genesis 37. Brand new series. We are starting a new series, man. We're going to be going through Joseph, um, and so that's exciting. We're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, but this Sunday is when um, Drew will be first opening up yep. Genesis, Kicking which off will the be series, great. six weeks in Genesis yeah. over the summer, really walking through um, Joseph's life and how you just see God moving and working. And as always, our hope with the text lab is just that this would be a place to help you dive deeper into God's word, that we would know and understand God's character and nature and who he is through his word, that the word would be central and core to all of our life with him. And that this would really just help you be a disciple who goes and makes disciples, that this would help you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said to us in and through his word. That's and so good. And we like, dive in. really what we're trying to do here, the emphasis is that R1 piece of like, how do we dive deeper into the text and how do we help you guys be self-feeders as you read this text? Self-feeders meaning like, how do you open the word and be able to pull from this understanding their town, their context, yes. their background, and how it can affect us, how we can read the word uh, well. Yep. Think yep. about it and allow it to hit our hearts. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's dive in. Genesis 37, as we dive into the text here in this first chapter i think it's it's always helpful to do a little bit of overview yeah. background where yeah. are we even at this is something that's always important to be mindful of whenever you're jumping into a series or even into a specific chapter in specifically a narrative genre, right. which we will be in, is that the story doesn't start in Genesis 37. Right. The story starts in Genesis 1 with God's creation mm. of the world that tells us so much about his character and nature, and then really explains and starts to lay out the unfolding of really human existence, how mm. sin enters the world, mm-hmm. the destructive nature of it, and then really shows and explains God's redemptive plan that starts from the very beginning in Genesis 3. And so we pick it up in Genesis 37, but it really starts in Genesis 1. And so even as we are jumping into this series, really encourage you do some reading on your own. This would be a great time to just remember and refresh on what is going on 
in the book of Genesis, what has happened from Genesis 1 to Genesis 3, what has happened in Genesis 12 with Abraham and mm-hmm. Isaac down mm-hmm. to Jacob. And that's where now we're picking up this story of Joseph, um, son of Jacob and his brothers uh, he, and his, the, the sibling rivalry and the different yeah. things that go on there. And so we're picking up this story in chapter 37, but there's been a lot before right. that's come the previous chapters. Right. And that's so important because we can take stuff so far out of context when we don't mm-hmm. understand where Jacob has come from, when we don't understand where Joseph has come from. And so coming into this text, here's what we're looking at. We're looking at the story of Joseph, obviously, who is the 11th son of Jacob. He's also known as Israel. So you'll see that interchangeably in the text, which is important. But Jacob and Israel, yep. Israel is the name that God has given Jacob. Yep. And that happens in Genesis 35. Jacob wrestles with God. His mm-hmm. name is changed as, to Israel. Yeah. Um, which is emphasizing his submission and surrender to God. So um, and he has now basically this turning point that has happened in Jacob's life, uh, a real redemptive moment in his life of him submitting fully to God and God now unfolding his plan through Jacob. Yeah, so good. And so as we continue looking through there, we see Jacob's uh, favored wife, Rachel. So he's married to Rachel and Leah, and Rachel is his favored wife. He loves Rachel way more than everyone else. And so when he has these 11 kids, um, Rachel has Benjamin and he has Joseph. And Joseph loves, um, sorry, Jacob loves Joseph way more than any of the other kids. And that kind of sets the foundation for this story of rivalry, of sin, of, of jealousy there. And I think a lot of that favoritism towards Joseph is found in who his mother was, which is Rachel, which is who he loved more. And so at this point in the narrative, Joseph is a young man. He's 17, as we see in that first line there. He's loved by his father and he's gifted with these dreams that seem to indicate his future authority. And what's interesting here as we talk about narrative is while this is a prophecy, as we look at his dream, it's going to come true. It doesn't necessarily change the way that we read this text. It's more of just a foreshadowing there as we look there. Yep. And that's where the text starts in Genesis 37 is it begins with Joseph having a dream and a dream that really is giving us some information about what is going to happen in Joseph's life. There's this first dream that he has, um, that he sees himself in the dream and his brothers and they're all out in the field. And then suddenly Joseph has this sheaf that stood upright while all the other sheaves of his brothers bowed mm-hmm. down to his, like what a, what a, an incredible <laughs> dream to have. And then to go tell your brothers about it, like to then go say, Dude. Hey guys, just like a little FYI. Yeah. I just want you to know this is what happened in my dream. The EQ there of Joseph was not, <laughs> not super high. Emotional intelligence was not high. However, being a brother of, of two younger brothers, I definitely uh, have had dreams like you know. this. Did they you ever have a dream prophetic. where he, you told your brothers like, hey, I just, I saw you guys bowing down. You know what? It, was, it wasn't a dream. It, ju- it just happened it just until Sam happened. and Max got bigger than me. Now I bow down. <laughs> then then that changes things. That yeah. changes things. So that's where it starts. He, ha- he has his first dream. His brothers are bowing down to, to him. To him. Um, and, and that's where the themes of jealousy come out in the right. dream as well. First right. is, first there's the jealousy just of Jacob loving Joseph more than any of the other right. bro- brothers. Verse four says that his brothers hated him, could not speak a kind word to him. Well, then Joseph has the dreams and says, Hey guys, let me go tell you about what my dream had. And it says in verse eight that they hated him all the more, hmm. but he doesn't end there. He rolls right into his second <laughs> dream. Like, I don't know if, what he had for dinner or what was going on, but like his dreams are happening left and right. Um, and he has another dream there after this one. And in the second dream, there's a, it's a dream with there's the sun and moon and stars. Um, and he sees the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to him. Notice again, a repeated theme right there. Mm-hmm. Goes and shares this dream with his father and his brother 
furthers the fuel jealousy and anger toward him. Um, and even Jacob, though, initially skeptical, kind of recognizes the significance of this dream, and it kind of continues to fuel the jealousy at hand. And his brothers aren't too happy about this, and uh, they they take some action here after these dreams, and things don't go so well for Joseph after that. He gets sold yeah. into slavery. Yep. Yep. Um, he uh, Jacob sends his brothers Joseph to check on him. His brothers grab him after hearing about these dreams, um, strip him of his of his coat, which specialized his significance as well. They throw him into right. the pit. Um, Reuben plans to rescue him, but in Reuben's absence, the, the brothers sell Joseph to a group of traders who are coming by, um, and he's taken to Egypt as a slave. And so that's kind of how the narrative is progressing in right. Genesis 37. Um, and you see just... I mean, honestly, you see this dream, these themes of the dreams and the foreshadowing of what's going to happen in Joseph's life, but you really also just see the effects of deception and sin right. and jealousy at work. And even in Jace, even in Joseph and family relationships and in Jacob's family. Yeah, that's so good. And really, that's what God is trying to show through Moses as he's the author of this in Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to talk about the whole narrative, the whole story of like creation leading into sin, leading into all the different ways yeah. that he's going to weave people and places in his presence throughout leading to Jesus. And really, yeah. we have to look at the Old Testament that way as we read this. We're seeing the Old Testament as something that points us to a need for a Savior, yeah. Yeah. right? Yep. It's leading to something. Yep. It's leading to, to Christ. Yeah, I think I think one of the most amazing things as you read Genesis, as we're trying to zoom out a little bit and say what's going on in the overall book of Genesis is right after the fall happens, you just mm. see the effects of sin Dude. immediately. First generation. Yes, yeah. exactly. You see it with Cain and Abel. You see it with Noah and and the, the state of humanity yeah. in that yeah. moment. You see it immediately even in Genesis 12, 13, 14, as Abraham is uh, mm. promised uh, generations to come that his descendants will be more than the stars. You immediately see Abraham lying about his wives, right. lying about what's going on in his life, not trusting in God, Jacob doing the same thing. And you just kind of see the effects of sin throughout yeah. from Abraham to Jacob, um, to, to Isaac, now to Jacob and, and in the 12 tribes of Israel, even in these brothers relationships, just the destructive nature of sin, which really is a commentary on, um, kind of the reality of the destructiveness of sin and how that breaks God's mm. plan for original design. Yeah. But then you also then see how humans can't mess up God's plan. And right. that right. even through all these broken human relationships, even through all this sin, God is still going to bring about his redemptive plan. Right. There's right. man's plan, but there's also God's plan then that he is bringing about. Right. And he's working through all of these broken relationships. He's working through all of this messiness really to make something new, to make something good and beautiful come about, even yeah. in the midst of humans, uh, over and over futile attempts to mess up God's plan, basically. Yeah. His providence, his sovereignty is at play. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, and Joseph is going to be one of the best stories I think that we could tell yeah. about God's providence, about his, even even beyond his providence, his uh, presence. Mm. He's with mm. Joseph. It says that multiple times throughout this narrative, as we're going to see in the next coming weeks of like, yep. but God was with him. Yes. But God's spirit was upon him, but his yep. favor was with him. Mm. And that's actually uh, just showing every single person that looks upon Joseph with the dream interpretation yes. that God's with him. And that it's actually better for God to be with us mm. um, um, than anything else. That's yep. the greatest gift yep. that we could receive. Something incredible about the Joseph narrative is that it is setting the stage for the nation of Israel, mm. uh, this people that God creates that will, through 
the nation of Israel will bring about the lineage of Christ and God's presence coming to us that is happening here through the Joseph story. A lot of people look at Joseph too as kind of this archetype for Christ of like mm, seeing yeah. uh, this redemptive narrative. There's there's similarities in betrayal that happens to Joseph, like the betrayal of right, Christ, right. Um, suffering, suffering, and yeah. and and different things here. But then ultimately, um, a a resolution at the end of the Joseph story that you see God's work and plan yeah. in the midst of it that happens in Genesis 50. That man, all of this was meant for evil, but God meant it for good, which is really what sets us up for some of the, the real just key themes for this whole next six weeks is that there really are no setbacks in the kingdom, that there mm-hmm. really are only these setups and these opportunities that come about uh, for us, even in the midst of the gap, even in the midst of the pain. Uh, Joseph, Genesis 37 leaves us with Joseph getting sold by his brothers, getting mm-hmm. thrown into this pit, um, going now to Egypt. And you're, at the end of chapter 37, you see the gaps that are in Joseph's lives. You see the pain, you see the suffering, but yet even in the midst of it, God is still at work. His providence, his sovereignty, his plan is still happening even through the gap, um, which is what's going on in our lives as well. And we're able to really see that God works truly all things for the good of those who love him. Dude, totally. And honestly, when we look at our personal applications here from this text, it's like, I look back at my life and yeah, when I'm in the gap, I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But looking back, man, like my story is Crohn's disease, you Mm. know, at 13 and seeing the different hospitalizations and all those things actually led me to Christ. Yeah. Like he, he redeemed Mm. that completely, all that pain, all the tears, all the things. Um, this story resonates so well with me because it's my story. Like I was so far from Christ and he actually gave me Crohn's disease to point me to him. Just like, so good, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, great. Like I'm all mm. in for this story. This is going to be fun. This narrative is hitting home for me. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very excited. What do you think this does for you with your personal uh, application? Dude, here? I think like ex- in similar uh, ways and along similar lines of like perspective and hope that comes from seeing the big picture like mm. when you are able to understand the big picture when you're able to yeah. read even the whole of book of genesis in one sitting quote unquote of one yeah. time and see like wow the the mountains and the valleys that happen but when you have this bigger perspective you can have a bigger hope you right. have a greater perspective you have a greater hope of what is happening that ultimately uh, leads you to encouragement during those times. But right. even, even, I guess, also, like, this really leads me to worship. It leads mm-hmm. you to this place of, like, humility um, and even to just this place of, like, worshiping and adoring God for his sovereignty, the reality that he's on the throne to, today, that you can trust fully in him yeah. and that he truly is working out all these different things for his glory, for our good, even in the midst of the ups and downs, even in the midst of the gaps, in the midst of the pits, those moments where you don't know what is going on, you can truly trust in him that he is sovereign, um, yeah. that that he rules and reigns, that his divine providence is at work in so all things, um, which just changes our perspective yeah. about the gaps. It changes our per- perspective about the suffering. It also, I think, helps us understand that it's not about our story. This isn't about God and Joseph's life. This is about Joseph, a part of God's bigger story. Yeah. And there's just a difference between those two things. Um, and I think that really provides us with with hope and purpose for living out our stories in light of his right. greater story. Right. And he's not disinterested in our stories, right? His yes. presence is there within us. And I think that's another aspect, what you're talking about, of why the Old Testament is here. It's like yeah. it shows God's character yes. so that when we're in the gap that mm. Jesus actually promises to the saints, it's like yep. you can look to see this yes. faithfulness of who God is. God is faithful. Um 
And that's a core theme of, of Joseph as we're diving in. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm excited for the next six weeks. Whether you are listening to this podcast at the gym, at the coffee shop, mowing the lawn. I just hope there's somebody out there mowing the lawn while they listen to this because <laughs> we say that every week. Whatever you're doing while you listen to podcasts, our hope is that you feel equipped, encouraged, ready to dive deeper into the text this week. As always, do your own prep. And this goal, uh, goal of the Text Lab is really just to help you know God through his word. And yeah, we love you all. We'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.